All right, all right. Who's excited to be in church? Is that not amazing? So good. God is doing some amazing things. We've been doing Serve Day for years and years, but I would say that this was the year where we actually needed Serve Day the most. Some of you guys know that tornado hit, um, and it, uh, it took a little detour through our house. And uh, you actually, I think we have a picture, uh, it installed a skylight in our home that uh, we didn't order, uh, and at maybe. some point, maybe. What? I was just wondering. Either maybe. way, uh, there's a hole in our roof, okay? Uh, which, but it, it really was, it was a wild moment where people came around us because we were in group and we had people, and it was actually so great people coming to help that there, there was nothing to do at our house. So, uh, so we just, people would come and say, hey, what can we do? And I was like, let's just start going around to the neighbor's houses. And we cleaned up the neighbor's backyards and, and, and did everything we could and prayed with people. And so I just hope that you are thrilled to be at church. We are honored to have you as we just get back in, oh, it's behind me. The hole right in this area, hole in the house, right? Not ideal for rain and such. So, uh, but we're excited to get back in the swing of fall. We are, and this is a great time to really, you know, get reset. But there are also some really things like the hard stuff, like early wake-ups come back around. You have non-stop practices, new places you have to be. But there are some amazing things about fall, like UT football is in the fall, right? Thank you, thank you. Maybe it won't be a million degrees outside. Also, UT football. And so whenever you speak of those two things together, when you think about football and you think about the weather, I don't know if you guys have felt it recently. Just it feels a little like it's 98 outside. I don't know if you guys are feeling that vibe. If you don't know what Zach's talking about, one time UT won a championship in 1998. Okay. And so what? now they keep saying, it feels like 98. It's like 25 years. It's oh, been like 98. Okay, Rachel, your lack of faith is offensive to the Lord and to everyone else, okay? We don't want to hear that here. I think the Lord's just fine. Listen, this weekend, we are really excited to make some time to get back in rhythm. You know what I mean? This is the time that we reset to get the right rhythm going, even if we feel like we're a little out of sync. Can we encourage you that, listen, you will have, you will have healthy rhythms. And maybe you would say, gosh, I never really feel like I've had healthy rhythms. It's all a matter of making small choices to get us there. God has designed you to have healthy rhythms and eternal rhythms that will lead you to winning your world. That is what you were designed to be, how you were designed to live. And we're all gifted in different ways. And so part of making those small choices is learning, hey, how am I gifted so that I can make the best choice possible to walk in how in my purpose. Like some people go to college for music and they take lessons and they have natural talent that gets really built on. Some people don't. And well, so. What are you insinuating? That I don't have musical rhythm? Well, yeah, that would be it. You know, actually, I don't Sir? have to say anything. Let's let the video speak for itself. You might have seen this challenge on TikTok, but I believe this really shows the reality of rhythms in our daily life. Yeah. Pretty good. Ooh. 
guys. Uh, there it is, ladies Stop and gentlemen. Stop the video, people. That was obviously photoshopped and auto-tuned, all right? But Rachel, let's talk about, we're in church. Let's talk about Jesus. Stop being so prideful. I'm sorry, guys. You know, this is not a time to be prideful. Today, let's talk about our personal rhythms, really no matter uh, where you are, right, with, with Jesus, right, where you are at, with church. I, we just want you to know that God has designed you to live in healthy rhythms. It'll lead you to winning your world. And really, there's five parts of having a healthy rhythm that are essential for you to walk in to, to live in a healthy life. And those are priority, pace, pause, practice, and people. The five areas are priority, pace, pause, practice, and people. And you need these to be in sync to have healthy rhythms. But did you know that Jesus really cares about those areas of your life and he has a purpose and a plan for them? Yes, God cares about the rhythms that you keep. And listen, we can see those all throughout scripture, but there is a passage, a very important passage of scripture where we can actually see all five of these rhythm setting priorities, these rhythm setting pieces in one passage. So babe, would you read that for us? Yeah, so we're going to be in Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 through 9. Hear, O Israel, no, wait. the Lord our God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. The Jewish people took this to heart. They created rhythms around these commands, because that's what they are, commands from God. They literally put a box on their doorframe that had this scripture rolled up in it called a mezuzah. And maybe you've noticed on the chosen or something like that, when they walk in, they would actually touch it, reminding themselves of what was most important. Jewish fathers would take time to speak blessings over their children at mealtimes to impress on them scripture and their identity. They did these little things to create godly, eternal rhythms in their life and in their families. So how are you doing creating healthy and godly rhythms? It all starts with priorities. And we all have priorities. The question is, have your priorities been set passively or were they set on purpose with your purpose in mind? I know there's a lot of things that are vying for your attention. But think back to the rhythm-setting passage we just read and consider what are your priorities? What is the most important? Deuteronomy 6.5 says, Love the Lord with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength. Is this what our priorities look like? If we're honest, does, does God make our, does God make your priority list? And you may say, how would I know? Well, look at your time, where your time goes, your talent, what you're good at, and your treasure. What's most important to you and your finances. Look at what you're planning for and what you're planning around. Are any of those things eternal things? Are any of those things God-centered things? When you love someone like we love God, it impacts our priorities. I know this is challenging, but some of us need to grow by subtraction. Now, what does that mean to grow by subtractions? A lot of us have too many things 
that we're trying to do, too many things that are the most important. Can I just be honest with you? At Faith Promise, we're never going to ask you to do something that we're not doing. So all the staff at Faith Promise, we strive to share our faith once a month. And it was very eye-opening. Because whenever we would talk about in our meetings and with our supervisors, we would talk about if we got a chance to share it or not. And we really had to break our patterns because our world is set up to go from thing to thing to thing, right? With that garage door opener, you could go months and not talk to your neighbors, right? A lot of us have too many things that are trying to be the most important. And so we're going to give you some action steps today to grow in your love with God and increase Him as a priority in your life. So the first question is really, what are your priorities? First, we have to be able to identify what is important so that maybe we can make some changes. The next two parts of having healthy rhythms are pace and pause. And this is really just not easy, not just because the world flows one way, but the reality is we are desperate to be affirmed and to be valuable, to be seen as important and successful. And that requires a pace that's just really unhealthy. Having a healthy pace and pausing aren't things celebrated by the people around us often, by the world. But luckily, God is more concerned about you and has a better plan for you and the rhythms than the world does. And the Israelites knew the commands that God had given them. When we're reading this in Deuteronomy, that's who it was written to. And they understood that they were asked to work for six days hard, but to take a seventh day, a whole day, and Sabbath. And taking a Sabbath simply means you're going to take a break from the things that bring you provision and focus on resting with the Lord. It resets our hearts and our minds. It reminds us that our value and our worth and our help come from God. Does the pace of your life include a pause? I know this is really hard and there's so much to do, but consider for a second, are you honoring God by setting a pause? When we love God with everything that we have, our soul, our mind, our strength, our body, our resources, that means everything we have is probably going to change. That includes your schedule. Does your rhythm make room to reflect on and talk about the goodness of God when you wake up, when you go to bed, when you go to work, at dinner? Remember, the scripture says in Deuteronomy 6-7, talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. I know this can be really hard. We are currently displaced from our home. Our rhythms are all over the place. But we're going to choose God's way over our own. And that means we're going to be in opposition to the world. But we can't allow our rhythms to steal from us the power of time with God and the testimony that we get to share with the people around us. You can never hustle enough to satisfy your soul. Only Jesus can do that. So what does the pace of your life say is most important? That's right. Because Deuteronomy 6.6 6 says, These commands that I give you today are to be on your heart. Now, something can only be on your heart, right, close to you, passion, you're passionate about it, if you give it space and a place to be there, where it can be close to your heart. I actually had a conversation this week with a friend of mine, uh, and this, this was actually just really 
revelatory, like a, like a real revelation for me. And, and a little later, I'm going to encourage you towards this. But some of my greatest revelations about God have come through conversations with other believers around his word. And my, my friend expressed to me a challenge that he was having that I bet a lot of you are having. It's one that I know that I have wrestled with. And that is that our walk with God feels more intellectual than personal and powerful. Now, please don't miss this. Let me ask you, does your walk with God feel more like an intellectual pursuit than personal and powerful? Just to be honest, I don't know if you, if you're married, if you married somebody different than you, I married somebody very different than me. I struggle with this. This is a place of strength for Rachel. So what's that look like for you, babe? Well, I think one of the reasons we hear people say this is because most people are only having intellectual interactions with God. So it makes sense that your relationship would feel that way. Consider it for a second. If all of our interactions with God are reading a devotional and listening to someone else talk about him, like a lecture or podcast season, or maybe you're diving deep and you're reading and studying tons of commentaries. At the end of the day, you're taking in tons of information, but a relationship with God is about transformation. Have you stopped and considered the work of the Holy Spirit in you? Do you ever tell God how amazing he is? Do you wait to hear his instruction? Better yet, <laughs> Do you obey when he does speak? After all, we're taking in all of this information. Are we obeying what he's telling us? And when we, like, are we taking that time daily to pause and connect with God? Not just know more about him. It's great to know about things, but he made you. He made your emotion. And when he said that he wants all of you, he wants you to love him with everything. That includes your heart. He wants to be in a complete relationship with you. Again, does your pace include a pause? Not just the Sabbath, but daily time with the God that you are designed to be in a relationship with. That's, that's right. And again, we know that this is challenging and countercultural, but we have to slow our pace down and pause to connect with God and his purpose for our lives, or we will miss God and we will miss people, which actually leads to our next rhythm setting factor. So we've talked about priority, pace, and pause, and now we're going to talk about practice. And listen, practice does not make permanent. Practice, or sorry, practice does not make perfect. Practice makes permanent. You can ask my dad's golf swing. That was easier in the last service because he wasn't sitting up front. But it is true, and we're about truth here at Faith Promise, right? And so practice doesn't make perfect. It makes permanent. Remember what Deuteronomy 6, 7 says. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Impress it upon them. Talk about them constantly. Lay down thinking about them. Wake up thinking about them. This kind of thing doesn't happen by accident, we're going to have to practice. We're going to have to go and look at our calendars and practice making God the priority, saying no to things that we wish we could do so that we can honor God. Priorities and pace matter because if we don't, our priorities will be set passively. And this is the season where you can adjust everything and set it right in alignment with eternity. Please. 
set up rhythms that reflect that God and winning your world are your priority. If you're looking for a rhythm that's going to bring you life, that's where you're going to find it. That's right. And maybe you're new to God. You're new to church. And if that's you, here in just a minute, we're going to talk about a next step for you. But if you are a Christ follower, can we give you some next steps, some practical action equipping steps around practice? Listen, if you have kiddos or students, I want to challenge you. Set up a rhythm of daily eternal time. Daily eternal time. Now, what does that look like? I want you to take time with your kids or students, no matter how old they are, every day, yes, every day to turn your eyes, turn your attention to the Lord. For us, that looks like Bible time at night. We do the kids, version Bible app. I sing their songs, obviously, as I should. You heard it. It's solid, right? I speak words over them, and I pray for them. And listen, if I don't, if I don't, my kids are going to heap guilt and condemnation on me because it's a part of their rhythm. If they were to stay at your house tonight before they went to bed, they would ask you, even if they don't know your name, are we doing Bible time and words tonight because it's part of their rhythm, it's part of their expectation. And maybe you don't have kids or maybe you're a single adult and you say, hey, I want to be intentional about my rhythms too. Great. It's time for you to set a rhythm of daily eternal time. Daily time in God's word, spending time with him, listening to what he would say to you. And if you're wondering if it makes a difference, here's what happens with a rhythm of getting into God's word at least four times a this week. This is huge. This is so important. Your um, chances of getting drunk decrease by 57%. Having sex outside of marriage, the odds are 68% lower. Four times a week in the Word, and you're going to look at pornography, the chances are 61% lower. Hey, if you want freedom, if you're lacking power, it's probably because we're not in the Word of God. Yeah. And it doesn't just keep bad stuff away, but it's going to foster the things, the eternal rhythms that we're talking about. When you're in the Bible four times a week, you are 228% more likely to share your faith. 231% more likely to disciple another person. Mm -hmm. And catch this, you are 407% more likely to memorize scripture. It is not that the God of the universe is not powerful anymore. It's that we haven't been obedient to what he asked us to do in Deuteronomy. He said a rhythm that puts us in his presence daily. That's right, that's right. Amen, give God some praise. It's there, it's there. And can I, can I tell you a little secret? Listen, this, this is an industry secret. You don't even have to want to all the time. You think I want to sing those songs to Rachel's kids every night? <laughs> I'm trying my best to get in back to our room so I could sing some songs to Rachel. <laughs> I'll move past that. There's things in my mind, but I'm not going to say them, right? Listen, you don't always want to go to work. You don't always want to go to the gym. You don't always want to pay your bills, but you force those rhythms to be kept. Why do we think that those rhythms are more important than our eternal rhythms? Because they're not. So, Zach, are you saying that my eternal rhythms are more important than paying my bills? Yes. Am I telling you not to pay your bills? But, hey, go ahead and pay your bills. Go ahead and have a great house and money in the bank and a great credit score and then let your marriage fall apart. 
Let your kids walk away from God in middle school, high school, or at college. Let you, all of your relationships fade away. And then bring me that solid credit score and you tell me if it was worth it. Because it absolutely won't be, right? And so you give God some praise. It's fine. And this last one, the last one that we're going to get into. So we want you to take eternal time. This last rhythm setting factor is people. Now, in our world, it's, it seems to be okay to say you don't like people, but we don't live by our world. We live by God's word. And he actually says, no matter your personality type, it's not okay to not like people. The people in your life are one of the biggest predictors of your rhythm. You are who you hang out with. We've all heard this before, right? So we have to have people in our lives that model and challenge and motivate us to live out healthy, eternal rhythms. Do the people in your life challenge you and push you toward what is next in your walk with God and who is next for you to impact for eternity? And there is an interesting challenge here for yeah. Christ followers. We need to be around believers who encourage us and push us toward our purpose. But we also have to be around people who are far from God. And this is a tension that the word teaches us how to manage. Yeah, but it is challenging. And so, so think about this. This is Paul writing to a church very much like ours. And it says this in 1 Corinthians 5, 9 through 11. He says, I wrote you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. Wait. Not at all meaning people of this world who are immoral, greedy, swindlers, or idolaters. So not lost people because they're acting lost, because they are lost, right? Get over yourself, believer. It's not saying don't hang out with those people because they're lost, but it keeps on going. He ta he's talking about people who do know the Lord, who are still idolaters, who are still swindlers, who are still living in that old way of life. And so that's the challenge. And actually, it, it keeps, it, when you keep on going in that passage, it says that if you were not to spend time with people who are far from God, who are struggling, then I would have to take you out of the world. But God is clear. He doesn't want to take us out of the world. We are meant to stay in the world, to be people of light in a dark place. The people in our life are so important. And at Faith Promise, really the main thing that we do are groups. From Epi kids to adults, we do group. And we believe not only is it the best place to grow, but it's also the best place where we can do the most ministry Monday through Friday. It's been a huge place for us to do ministry. It really is. Groups are something that God's used in our lives in countless ways. It lifts us up, it challenges us, and we've been able to multiply ministry to win our world. It's helped us set healthy rhythms. And you know what? We did some math because Zach and I have been leading groups since we were young adults. And so for the last 14 years, we've seen about 30 groups multiplied. We We've seen babies adopted, a church planted, countless people discovering their purpose, marriages restored, and lots of people walking in their purpose and winning their world. Just to name a few things that you can see when you choose to partner with the people around you in group. But can I share something with you? The worst time of our life, we were not in group. We, had, we were newly married. We wrapped up our individual young adult groups and we had moved to Maryville and we were, um, Zach was the blunt student pastor there. And we had about 18 months where we weren't in a group. 
And in that 18 months, we found ourselves unexpectedly pregnant. Surprise! <laughs> we might be mildly irresponsible. It's okay. Um, and I was working two jobs. We bought a house and flipped it. It was like a pea house. It was full of so much pea. And then we moved a couple times and lived with our parents some. And I was so depressed during that pregnancy. I literally, I can't even articulate to you. And then I struggled with postpartum depression. I was so lonely. I was overwhelmed. I was at church. There are people who would text me, hey, how are you? I'm like, oh, I'm fine. But if you're not in a group where you're weekly meeting with people who are challenging you in walking in your faith, in the things of eternity, they're not just going to show up at your house unexpected with donuts when you're walking through the worst time of your life. Mm -hmm. You don't have that if you don't have a community. And so we made choices hard choices to build community. It meant for a season of our life, we passed up uh, Sunday afternoons at the lake so that we could be in group because it was the best time for our schedule. Are we really willing to lay down the stuff we love and we enjoy for the things that are paramount to our success in eternity? We recently learned that it takes 90 hours with someone to go from stranger to friend. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine the type of friends that you would have after a few months of being in a group with people who are asking you what is next for your walk with God and who is next for you to impact, who are going to challenge you to maintain healthy rhythms, ask you the hard questions, and love you even when it's not easy. That's right. So hey, today, the action step, if you only take one to move forward your priorities, your pace, your pause, your practice, and your people. It is being obedient in group. Now, listen, everybody has a card in their seat, one for join, or it's the same card, but to join group or to lead group. And I just, I cannot encourage you strongly, no matter where you are, if you're on this side of the spectrum where you're like, I'm not sure if I want to follow Jesus, or if you say, gosh, man, I just have these questions about Jesus, or if you're over here saying, I know that I'm called to win the world, I know that I'm called for more and to lead, the answer to all those questions are group. The question is to take that step and get into group, and I want to tell you, there's a lot of people that they promise, not everybody, but there's a lot of people, it's time for you to start leading a group. It's time. And listen, Faith Promise, we're putting our shoulder behind this. In the month of September, starting in September, we will have 10 weeks of groups at your campus that have child care. Because young families, the devil's coming after you. And he's coming after your kids. Sure, hey, your kids, they should be in group, right? Your students, they should be in group, right? But mom and dad, if you don't model that it's a priority to be in group, they will not. Hey, listen, I've been hearing a lot of pushback recently. Zach, we need new stuff for young adults. Zach, and I, hey, I get that, and we're praying through that. Can I tell you the best thing we can do for young adults, mom and dad, is model the life-changing commitment to an eternal, healthy rhythm. And, and Amen? We can do that. We can do that. Does that mean that you may have to change your schedule? Yes, but it's worth it to model and to do ministry. So I want to encourage you, please put on this card. I'm praying for 3,500 people in group. 
We're currently, last semester we were at 2,900. I am praying for 3,500. That would be a massive step forward in us winning 1% of the state of Tennessee, getting people in groups. So I want to encourage you, if you are not in a group, please, please, there will be people with lanyards on you can talk to, but your, your next step is to fill out this card and answer when we call. Don't ignore us. Answer when we call. And hey, if the Holy Spirit is nudging you right now that you are to lead a group, please, please, please answer his call. He will meet you at the level of your surrender, at the level of your obedience. And so as we prepare to respond in worship, and if you need prayer, we'll be up here. Will you please take the step the Holy Spirit is pushing you towards? Do not, please do not miss out on being in a group. Let's pray. God, we come before you right now, and we're so grateful that you provide godly community. God, we are grateful that you've called us and you've chosen us. And God, I know that we're pushing hard because Rachel and I are so passionate. We're so passionate at Faith Promise about groups. We're so passionate about winning our world. We're so passionate on biblical-based relationships that are pushing us towards winning our world. But God, this is not an obligation. This is a celebration that you would give us these relationships that equip us to go out and win our world. So God, I pray this isn't something we do begrudgingly, but something we do with anticipation and excitement to see spiritual gifts, to see breakthrough, to see marriages restored, to see revival in neighborhoods. Please, God, don't let us hold back and let us be boldly obedient in your precious and we pray. Amen.